irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. As a conspiracy theory, the term New World Order, or NWO, refers to the emergence of a totalitarian world government. The common theme in conspiracy theories about a new world order is that a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda is conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian world government, which will replace sovereign nation-states and an all-encompassing propaganda whose ideology hails the establishment of the New World Order as the culmination of history's progress. Significant occurrences in politics and finance are speculated to be orchestrated by an unduly influential cabal that operates through many front organizations. Numerous historical and current events are seen as steps in an ongoing plot to achieve world domination through secret political gatherings and decision-making processes. Before the early 1990s, New World Order conspiracism was limited to two American countercultures, primary, primarily the military anti-government right and the secondarily, that part of the fundamentalist Christianity concerned with the end-time emergence of the Antichrist. Skeptics observed that right-wing populist conspiracy theories about a new world order had not only been embraced by many seekers of stigmatized knowledge, but had seeped into popular culture, thereby inaugurating a period during the late 20th 
and early 21st centuries in the United States, where people were actively preparing for apocalyptic millennial scenarios. Those political scientists were concerned that mass hysteria could have what they judged to be devastating effects on American political life, ranging from widespread political alienation to escalating lone wolf terrorism. During the 20th century, many politicians, such as Woodrow Wilson and Winston Churchill, used the new term, New World Order, to refer to a new period of history characterized by a dramatic change in the world of political thought and the balance of power after World War I and World War II. They also saw the period as an opportunity to implement idealistic proposals for global governance in the sense of new collective efforts to address worldwide problems that go beyond the capacity of individual nation-states to solve. While always respecting the right of nations to self-determination, these proposals led to the creation of international organizations, such as the United Nations, and NATO, and international regimes such as the Bretton Woods system and the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, otherwise known as the GATT, which were calculated both to maintain a balance of power in favor of the United States and to regularize cooperation between nations in order to achieve a peaceful phase of capitalism. These creations in particular, and liberal internationalism in general, however, were regularly criticized and opposed by American ultra-conservative business nationalists from the 1930s on. Progressives welcomed these new international organizations and regimes in after the aftermath of the two world wars, but argued that they suffered from democratic deficit and therefore inadequate not only to prevent another global war, but to foster global justice. The United Nations was designed in 1945 by U.S. bankers and State Department planners and was always intended to remain a free association of sovereign nation-states, not a transition to democratic world government. Thus, activists around the globe formed a world federalist movement, hoping in vain to create a real new world order. British writer and futurist H.G. Wells went further than progressives in the 1940s by appropriating and redefining the term new world order as a synonym for the establishment of a technocratic world state and a planned economy. Despite the popularity of his idea in some state socialist circles, Wells failed to exert a deeper and more lasting influence because he was unable to concentrate his energies on direct appeal to the intelligentsia who would ultimately 
have to coordinate a Wilsonian New World Orders. During the Red Scare of 1947 through 1957, agitators of the American secular and the Christian right, influenced by the work of Canadian conspiracy theorists William Guy Carr, increasingly embraced and spread unfounded fears of Freemasons, Illuminatis, as the driving force behind an international communist conspiracy. The threat of a godless communism in the form of a state, atheistic, and bureaucratic collective world government demonized as the Red Menace, therefore became the focus of apocalyptic millennium conspiracism. The Red Scare came to shape one of the core ideas of the political right in the United States, which is that liberals and progressives, with their welfare state policies and international cooperative programs such as foreign aid, supposedly contribute to a gradual process of collectivism that will inevitably lead to nations being replaced with a communist one-world government. Right-wing populist advocacy groups with a producerist worldview, such as the John Birch Society, disseminated a multitude of conspiracy theories in the 1960s claiming that the government of both the United States and the Soviet Union were controlled by a cabal of corporate internationalists, greedy bankers, and corrupt politicians who were intent on using the UN as the vehicle to create a one-world government. This right-wing anti-globalist conspiracism fueled the Bircher campaign for the U.S. withdrawal from the UN, American writer Mary M. Davidson, in her 1966 booklet, The Profound Revolution, traced the alleged New World Order conspiracies to the creation of the U.S. Federal Reserve in 1913 by international bankers, whom she claimed later formed the Council on Foreign Relations in 1921 as a shadow government. At the time the booklet was published, international bankers would have been interpreted by many readers as a reference to a cabal masterbind by the Rothschilds. Claiming that the term New World Order is used by a secretive elite dedicated to the destruction of all national sovereignties, American writer Gary Allen in his books None Dare Call It Conspiracy in 1971 and Rockefeller Campaigning for the New World Order 1974 and Say No to the New World Order 1987 articulated the anti-globalist theme of much current right-wing populist conspiracism in the U.S. Thus, after the fall of the communism in the early 1990s, the main demonized scapegoat of the American far right shifted seamlessly 
from crypto-communists who plotted on behalf of the Red Menace to globalists who plot on behalf of the New World Order. The relatively painless nature of the shift was due to growing right-wing populist opposition to corporate internationalism, but also in part in the basic underlying apocalyptic millennium paradigm which fed the Cold War and the witch hunts of the McCarthy period. In his speech, Toward a New World Order, delivered on September 11, 1990, during a joint session of the U.S. Congress, President George Herbert Walker Bush described his objectives for post-Cold War global governance in cooperation with post-Soviet states. He stated, Until now, the world we've known has been a world divided, a world of barbed wire and concrete block, conflict and Cold War. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is very real prospects of a new world order. In the words of Winston Churchill, a world order in which the principles of justice and fair play protect the weak against the strong, a world where the United Nations, freed from Cold War stalemate, is poised to fulfill the historic vision of its founders, a world in which freedom and respect for human rights find a home among all nations. The New York Times observed that progressives were denouncing this new world order as a rationalization of American imperial ambitions in the Middle East, while conservatives rejected any new security arrangements altogether and fulminated about any possibility of a United Nations revival. However, Chip Burlett, an American investigative reporter, specializing in the study of right-wing movements in the U.S. rights. When President Bush announced his new foreign policy would help build a new world order, his phrasing surged through the Christian and secular hard right like an electric shock, since the phrase had been used to represent the dread of collectivists' one-world government for decades. Some Christians saw Bush as signaling the end-times betrayal by a world leader. Some anti-communists saw bold attempts to smash U.S. sovereignty and impose a tyrannical collectivism system run by the United Nations. American televangelist Pat Robertson, with his 1991 best-selling book, The New World Order, became the most prominent Christian popularizer of the conspiracy theories about recent American history. He described a scenario where Wall Street, the Federal Reserve System, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Bilderberg Group and the Trilateral Commission control the flow of events from behind the scenes, nudging people constantly and covertly in the direction of world government for the Antichrist.
Observers note that the galvanizing of right-wing populist conspiracy theorists spear intimacy led to the rise of the militia movement, which spread its anti-government ideology through speeches at rallies and meetings, books and videotapes sold at gun shows, shortwave and satellite radio, fax networks and computer bulletin boards. However, it is overnight AM radio shows and viral propaganda on the Internet that have most effectively contributed to the extremist political ideas about the New World Order, finding their way into the previously apolitical literature of numerous Kennedy asinologists, UFOologists, lost land theorists, and most recently, occultists. From the mid-1990s on, the worldwide appeal of these subcultures transmitted New World Order conspiracism like a mind virus to a large new audience of seekers of stigmatized knowledge. Hollywood conspiracy thriller television shows and films also played a role in introducing a vast popular audience to various fringe theories related to New World Order conspiracism. Black helicopters, FEMA concentration camps, which for decades were previously confined to the radical right-wing subcultures. The 1993-2002 to 2002 television series, The X-Files, the 1997 film Conspiracy Theory, and the 1998 film The X-Files Fight the Future are often cited as no- notable examples. Following the start of the 21st century, and specifically during the late 2000 financial crisis, many politicians and pundits, such as Gordon Brown and Harry Kissinger, used the term New World Order in their advocacy for a comprehensive reform of the global financial system and their calls for a new Brenton Woods that takes into account emerging markets such as China and India. These declarations had the unintended consequences of providing fresh fodder for New World Order conspiracism, which culminated in talk show hosts Sean Hannity stating on his Fox News Channel program, Hannity, that the conspiracy theorists were right. Fox News in general, and its opinion shows, Glenn Beck in particular, have been repeatedly criticized by progressive media watchdog groups for not only mainstreaming the New World Order conspiracy theories of the radical right, but possibly agitating its lone wolves into action. In 2009, American film director Luke Meyer and Andrew Neal released New World Order, a critically acclaimed documentary film which explores the world of conspiracy theorists, such as American radio host Alex Jones, who are committed to exposing and vigorously opposing what they perceive to be an emergency. New World Order. 
the growing decimation and popularity of conspiracy theories has also created an alliance between right-wing populist agitators such as Alex Jones and hip-hop's music left-wing populist rappers such as KRS-One, Professor Giff, and of Public Enemy, and Immortal Technique, thus illustrating how anti-elitist conspiracism can create unlikely political allies in an effort to oppose the political system. There are numerous systematic conspiracy theories through which the concept of a new world order is viewed. Let us now discuss them in roughly chronological order. First, we start with the end time. Since the 19th century, many apocalyptical millennial Christians, starting with John Nelson Darby, have predicted a globalist conspiracy to impose a tyrannical new world order governing structure as the fulfillment of prophecies about the end time in the Bible specifically in the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel, the Olivet Disclosed Discourse found in the Synoptic Gospels, and the book of Revelations. They claim the people who have made the deal with the devil to gain wealth and power have become pawns in a supernatural chess game to move humanity into accepting a utopian world government that rests on the spiritual foundations of a syncretic Masonic world religion, which will later reveal itself to be dystopian world empire that imposes the empirical cult of an unholy trinity of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. In many contemporary Christian conspiracy theories, the false prophet will either be the last pope of the Catholic Church, groomed and installed by an Alta Vendita or Jesuit conspiracy, a guru from a New Age movement, or even the leader of an elite fundamentalist Christian organization like the Fellowship, while the Antichrist will be either the President of the European Union, the Secretary General of the United Nations, or even the caliph of a pan-Islamic state. Some of the most vocal critics of end-time conspiracies theories come from within Christianity. In 1993, historians wrote a stern rebuke of a popular apocalyptic Christian conspiracy in the Christian Research Journal when reviewing Robertson's 1991 book, The New World Order. Religious study scholars argues that New World Order rhetoric libels the Christian faith since the New World Order, as defined by Christian conspiracy theorists, 
has no basis in the Bible whatsoever. Further, he argues that not only is this idea unbiblical, it is positively anti-biblical and fundamentally anti-Christian because the misinterpreting key passages in the book of Revelation, it turns a comforting message about the coming kingdom of God into one of fear, panic, and despair in the face of an allegedly approaching one-world government. Progressive Christians caution Christian fundamentalists that a spirit of fear can distort scripture and history through dangerously combining biblical literalism, apocalyptic timetables, demonization, and oppressive prejudices, while others warn of the very real danger that Christians could pick up some extra spiritual baggage by credulously embracing conspiracy theories. They therefore call on all Christians to indulge in conspiracism to repent. Next is the Freemasons. Freemasonry is one of the world's oldest secular fraternal organizations and arose during the late 16th and early 17th century Britain. Over the years, a number of allegations and conspiracy theories have been directed towards Freemasonry, including the allegations that Freemasons have a hidden political agenda and are conspiring to bring about a new world order, a world government organized according to Masonic principles and or governed only by Freemasons. The esoteric nature of this messianic symbol and rites led to Freemasons first being accused of secretly practicing Satanism in the late 18th century. The original allegation of conspiracy within Freemasonry is to subvert religions and governments in order to take over the world traces back to Scottish author John Robinson, whose reactionary conspiracy theories crossed the Atlantic and influenced outbreaks of Protestant anti-Masonry in the United States during the 19th century. In the 1890s, French writer Leo Taxil wrote a series of pamphlets and books denouncing Freemasonry and charging their lodges with worshipping Lucifer as the supreme being and great architect of the universe. Despite the fact that Taxil admitted that his claims were a hoax, they were, and still are, believed and repeated by numerous conspiracy theorists and had a huge influence on subsequent anti-Masonic claims about Freemasonry. Some conspiracy theorists eventually speculated that some founding fathers of the United States, such as George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, were having Masonic sacred geometric designs interwoven into the American society, particularly in the Great Seal of the United States. 
the United States $1 bill, the architecture of the National Mall landmarks, and the streets and highways of Washington, D.C., as part of a master plan to create the first Masonic government as a model for the coming New World Order. Freemasons rebuke these claims of Masonic conspiracy. Freemasonry, which promotes rationalism, places no power in occult symbols themselves, and it is not part of its principles to view the drawing of symbols, no matter how large, as an act of consolidating or controlling power. Furthermore, there is no published information establishing the Masonic membership of the men responsible for the design of the Great Seal. While conspiracy theorists assert that there are elements of Masonic influence on the Great Seal of the United States, and these elements were intentionally or unintentionally used because the creators were familiar with the symbols, in fact, the all-seeing eye of providence and the unfinished pyramid were symbols used as much outside Masonic lodges as within them in the late 18th century. Therefore, the designers were drawing from common esoteric symbols. The Latin phrase novus ordo secularum, appearing on the reverse side of the Great Seal since 1782 and on the back of the $1 bill since 1935, translates to New Order of the Ages and alludes to the beginning of an era where the United States of America is an independent nation-state and is often mistranslated by conspiracy theorists as New World Order. Although the European continental branch of Freemasonry has organizations that allow political discussion within their Masonic lodges, and a few operate as active political lobbies for secularist causes, as exemplified by the Grand Orient of France, Masonic researchers argues that the accusation of Freemasonry has a hidden agenda to establish a Masonic government ignores several facts. While agreeing on certain Masonic landmarks, the, the many independent and sovereign Grand Lodges act as such and do not agree on many other points of belief and practice. Also can be seen from a survey of famous Freemasons. Individual Freemasons hold beliefs that span the spectrum of politics. The term Masonic government has no meaning since individual Freemasons hold many different opinions on what constitutes a good government. Next is the Illuminati. The Order of the Illuminati was an Enlightenment Age secret society founded by university professor Adam Weishaupt on May 1st, 1776, 
in Upper Bavaria, Germany. The movement consisted of advocates of free thought, secularism, liberalism, republicanism, and gender equality, recruited from German Masonic lodges, who sought to teach rationalism through mystery schools. In 1785, the order was infiltrated, broken up, and suppressed by the government agents of Charles Theodore, Elector of Brava, Bavaria, and in his preemptive campaign to neutralize the threat of secret societies ever becoming hotbeds of conspiracy to overthrow the Bavarian monarchy and its state religion, Roman Catholicism. In the late 18th century, reactionary conspiracy theorists such as Scottish physicist John Robinson and French Jesuit priest Augustin Borel began speculating that the Illuminati had survived their suppression and become the masterminds behind the French Revolution in the Reign of Terror. The Illuminati were accused of being subversives who were attempting to secretly orchestrate a revolutionary wave in Europe and the rest of the world in order to spread the most radical ideas and movements of the Enlightenment, which were anti-clericalism, anti-monarchism, and anti-patriarchalism, and to create a world Nucracy and cult of reason. During the 19th century, fear of Illuminati conspiracy was a real concern of the European ruling classes, and their oppressive reaction to this unfounded fear provoked in 1848 the very revolutions they sought to prevent. During the interwar period of the 20th century, fascist propagandists such as British revisionist historian Nesta Helen Webster and American socialite Edith Starr Miller not only popularized the myth of an Illuminati conspiracy, but claimed that it was a subversive secret society. American evangelist Gerald Burton Winrod and other conspiracy theorists within the fundamentalist Christian movement in the United States, which emerged in the 1910s as a backlash against the principles of Enlightenment, secular humanism, modernism, and liberalism, became the main channels of dissemination of Illuminati conspiracy theories in the U.S. right-wing populists such as members of the John Birch Society, subsequently began speculating that some collegiate fraternities, such as Skull and Bones, and gentlemen's clubs, such as the Bohemian Club, and think tanks, such as the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission of the American Upper Class, are front organizations of the Illuminati, which they accuse of plotting to create 
a new world order through a one world government. To this day, there is no evidence that the Bavarian Illuminati survived its suppression in 1785. Then there are the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, originally published in Russia in 1903. Numerous polemists such as Irish journalist Philip Graves' 1921 article in The Times, the British academic Norman Cohn in his 1967 book, Warrant for Genocide, have proven the protocols to be a hoax and clear case of plagiarism. There is general agreement that Russian-French writer and political activists Matavier Golvininsky fabricated the text the secret, for the secret police of the Russian Empire as a work of counter-revolutionary propaganda prior to the 1905 Russian Revolution by plagiarizing almost word for word in some passages from the Dialogue in Hell between Machiavelli and Montague, a 19th century satire against Napoleon III of France, written by French political satirists and legitimist militant Maurice Jolly. responsible for feeding many of the anti-Semitic and anti-Masonic mass hysterias of the 20th century. The protocols have been influential in development of some conspiracy theories, including some new world order theories, and appears repeatedly in certain contemporary conspiracy literature. For example, the authors of the 1982 controversial book the Holy Blood and the Holy Grail concluded that the Protocols was the most persuasive piece of evidence for the existence and activities of the Priory of Sion. They speculated that this secret society was working behind the scenes to establish a theocratic United States of Europe, politically and religiously unified through the imperial cult of a Merovingian great monarch, supposedly descended from a Jesus bloodline who occupies both the throne of Europe and the Holy See. This holy European empire would become the hyperpower of the 21st century. Although the Priory of Sion has itself have been exhaustively debunked by journalists and scholars as a hoax. Some apocalyptic millennial Christians who believe the protocols is authentic became convinced that the Priory of Sion was a fulfillment of prophecies found in the book of Revelations and further proof of an anti-Christian conspiracy of epic proportions signaling the imminence of a new world order. 
Skeptics argue that the current gambit of contemporary conspiracy theorists, theorists who use the protocols, is to claim that they really come from some group other than the Masons or the Jews, such as fallen angels or alien invaders. Although it's hard to determine whether the conspiracy-minded actually believe this or are simply trying to sanitize a discredited text. Skeptics argue that it does not make much difference since they leave the actual anti-Semitic text unchanged. The next conspiracy for discussion is the round table. During the second half of Britain's imperial century, which was between 1815 and 1914, English-born South African businessman, mining magnate, and politician Cecil Rose advocated the British Empire re-annexing the United States of America and reforming itself into an imperial federation to bring about a hyperpower of lasting world peace. In his first will, written in 1877, at the age of 23, he expressed his wish to fund a secret society known as the Society of the Elect that would advance his goal. And here's what its goal was. To and for the establishment, promotion, and development of a secret society, the true aim and object whereof shall be for the extension of British rule throughout the world, the perfecting of the systems of emigrating from the United Kingdom, and the colonials by British subjects of all lands where the means of livelihood are attainable by energy, labor, and enterprise, and especially the occupation by British settlers of the entire continent of Africa, the Holy Land, the Valley of the Euphrates, the islands of Cyprus and Candia, the whole of South America, the islands of the Pacific, not heretofore possessed by Great Britain, the whole of the Malay archipelago, the seaboard of China and Japan, the ultimate recovery of the United States of America as the integral part of the British Empire, the inauguration of a system of colonial representation in the imperial parliament, which may tend to weld together the disjointed members of the empire, and, finally, the foundation of so great a power as to render wars impossible and promote the best interest of humanity. It's quite a goal for a 23-year-old. In 1902, the New York Times noted that following his 1877 will, Rhodes, in 1890, put forth the same ideas and set forth the goals that his secret society should work towards gradually absorbing the wealth of the world. Very cricket of him. Rhodes also concentrated on the Rhodes Scholarship which had British statesman, statesman Alfred Milner as one of its trustees. Established in 1902, 
the original goal of the trust fund was to foster peace among the great powers by creating a sense of fraternity and a shared worldview among future British, American, and German leaders by having enabled them to study for free at the University of Oxford. Milner and British official Lionel George Curtis were the architects of the Round Table Movement, a network of organizations promoting closer union between Britain and its self-governing colonies. To this end, Curtis founded the Royal Institute of International Affairs in June 1919, and with his 1938 book, The Commonwealth of God, began advocating for the creation out of an imperial federation that eventually re-annexes the U.S., which would be presented to Protestant churches as being the work of the Christian God to elicit their support. The Commonwealth of Nations was created in 1949, but it would only be a free association of independent states rather than a powerful imperial federation imagined by Rhodes, Milner, and Curtis. The Council of Foreign Relations began in 1917 with a group of New Yorker academics who were asked by President Woodrow Wilson to offer options for the foreign policy United States in the interwar period. Originally envisioned as a group of American and British scholars and diplomats, some of whom belonging to the Round Table movement, it was a subsequent group of 108 New York financiers, manufacturer and international lawyers organized in June 1918 by Nobel Prize recipient and U.S. Secretary of State L.U. Root that became the Council on Foreign Relations on July 29, 1921. The first of the Council's projects was a quarterly journal launched in September 1922 called Foreign Affairs. The Trilateral Commission was founded on July 1973 at the initiative of American banker David Rockefeller, who was chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations at the time. It is a private organization established to foster closer cooperation among the United States, Europe, and Japan. The Trilateral Commission is widely seen as a counterpart to the, count, to the Council on foreign relations. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet.
Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.